The difference between successful people and others is how long they spend time feeling sorry for themselves. Today on this episode, I am going to talk about gratitude and also turning my life around, taking accountability of my life, and saving my own soul. Let's get started. Shonda and welcome back to the Rogue Black Girls podcast. Welcome and welcome and welcome and welcome. First, let me give a shout out to Don. On last episode, we talked banking and you know mainly this podcast, well I'm not even gonna say mainly, but one of the topics is financial literacy and of course just trying to do better about how we spend our money, we save our money, all of that good stuff. So shout out to her, and I appreciate her coming on and give us some, um, uh, giving us some valuable information. She will be back, of course. And like I said, if you have any questions that you would like to ask um, when she comes back, please email me, thebrokeblackgirl18 at gmail.com. Of course, you can find me on Instagram. DM me on Instagram with your questions. I will definitely shoot them over to her so that way she can address them when she address them when she comes back on um, one of my next episodes. I'm not really sure, but I will let you guys know. I will announce it. Just email me. Let me know what's up, and I will definitely get the questions over to her so she can address them. Um. Well, it's the end of the week. Today is Friday. Uh. I guess I like recording podcasts on the weekend because <laughs> um, that seems to be kind of like a tradition. I don't know if, if you go back to listen to some of my other podcasts, I kind of tend to record on the weekend. So and I guess because the weekend is so hectic and by the time I come home and, you know, get everything together and I get in the bed, I'm trying to read. I usually fall asleep reading so I don't get to record. Um, but yeah, so. Happy Friday, and I hope you guys enjoyed um, your work week or whatever you had going on. Um, today was so busy at work today, I'm trying to play catch-up because, as you know, it snowed here in Atlanta. So we were out of work, kids were out of school, so a lot of my work was backed up. I'm even going to work on Saturday, which I despise. That's like one of my uh, rules in my life, no working on the weekend. But I'm going because I have to make up the time and then catch up on my work and get um my book of business caught up. Um, I don't know if you, if I even explain, you know, what I do, but I, I do work for Home Depot. Um, and I can't really talk much about it, <laughs> but um, I do work for Home Services um, currently. I've held uh, plenty of roles through Home Depot. Um, I was a staffing coordinator. Um, basically, I interviewed the interviews and did um, your your packets when you come in as a new associate. Um, I also worked in human resources, so I know a lot because they make us go through so much training before they even actually put us out there. 
Um, so I know a lot about employment law and all that good stuff and just policies and SOPs, all the boring stuff. So I did that, that for a while. So now I'm in home services. So shout out to Home Depot, corporate America. Woohoo. Um, of course, like I've always said before, I'm trying to phase myself out of it um, and eventually be working for myself. Um, I don't think I'll, I'll ever let Home Depot go. Um, I'll probably be doing part-time cashier in the store at some point um, because the overall benefits of it is really good. I really enjoy the company and their benefits, their health benefits, and just all the things that they offer their employees. So, you know, if that's something that you're trying to obtain here in the Atlanta area, um, uh, go for it. They're a good company. And just like with all companies, they have some of their vices, but at the same time, they do... Um, do a lot for uh, their employees and I'm not bragging on them just because I work there because believe me I'm very transparent and I will be honest about what I do and don't like but one of the things that I really love is the fact that they do take care of their associates and they have a lot of different things out there that you can get a hold to including their stock for investment if you work there you get a discount on that but anyway I don't want to go too much into Home Depot but anyway <laughs> Um, so I wanted to go over, I have all my little notes here and things that I write down, uh, throughout the week that I want to talk about when I do get on my podcast. Um, but I, I want to, I am going to name this episode, saving your own soul, because currently that's what I'm going through right now. I'm trying to save my own soul. Um, and one of the things, one of the, the key things that I'm trying to practice every day is to have the mindset of gratitude. You know, on one of the episodes, I discussed, you know, my battle with heart disease. And I, I talked about how by when I was going through that, you know, I was with someone and he wasn't 100% there for me. And I could have, and I hate to even speak in a, oh, woulda, shoulda, coulda, type thing because I feel like you're a student a lot in a lot in a lot of different situations in your life and in that situation I was a student with him and I was a student of my heart disease um and I was learning you know anytime you're going through something and it's just not the best ideal situation you become a student and it and it teaches you how to move forward in other situations if you were to come across that again or it was if it was to happen again and how you would deal with it sorry my voice is a little cracky but you know I, I, I talked about that and you know I shared a bit of my struggles with that and one thing that I can say is I'm so happy I went through what I went through you know I'm not gonna say the guy that I was with was terrible because he wasn't you know, I, I just really just believe that, you know, certain people are just not for you. And he was not for me, you know, at that time he was because I was, you know, my life was based off of what I knew at that moment. And you can only do as much as you know in that moment. So in that time in my life, this is what I knew. He was what I knew. So, you know, even though I suffered a lot of uh, a, a lot of our relationship with my heart disease with him 
Um, you know, and a lot of times I felt like I suffered alone when we were together. You know, it was still gratitude tells me to be thankful. And I'm very thankful because I think had I not went through the whole heart disease in that relationship, it's a lot of stuff that I would not have learned. And fighting heart disease was a really, really, really tough time in my life. You know, I was basically brought all the way down from just being this energetic, happy, um, just, you know, mom taking care of my kids, cooking, to having to completely depend on people 100%. And that was mentally tough for me. And on top of being in a relationship that was not as fulfilling as it should have been when I was going through that because I mentally suffered a lot through that. Being having to depend on someone to buy you everything and take you places. I couldn't even drive. Like I couldn't do a simple drive to the grocery store because I had all these heart I had a heart monitor. I had two I had a heart monitor that I wore just in case my heart stopped and it was a defibrillator and it basically would shock me back to to life. And quick quick story. Um I was in the Social Security office because I did try to apply for Social Security SSI. Um, and I did get it a little bit, but I, um, I didn't get total SSI because they felt like I would get better. And at the time, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they are not going to help me because I couldn't work. You know, I couldn't I couldn't work at all. And I was so upset that I couldn't. I got denied. But at that time, I didn't know that I got denied because I would get better. Amen. <laughs> um, but I was in the Social Security office, right? And so I had these two monitors. I had to wear one that had like leads. So I had to stick leads on me every day, you know, dry myself off, stick the little leads on. And it was like a little monitor that just basically monitored my heart. So just imagine you being on one of those. I don't know if you ever seen one of like the little machines that, you know, your heart, you see the heart rate on the machine. So basically that that's what that was doing. The other one was my defibrillator that I almost wore like a backpack. And it was like this little vest that I had to put on every single day up under my clothes, along with this little back, little purse thing that I almost, it went, it was a strap and it had like a, a little purse, um, is what we call like a crossbody purse. But I also had to wear like this whole vest. And I used to call it like my G-Unit 50 Cent vest. Cause that's exactly what he, I don't know if you guys remember back when 50 Cent had the whole, little uh tank top it was like the white tank top that's exactly what my vest looked like it was like a white little tank top that I velcroed but um I was in a social security office and I was in there trying to get all my paperwork together and I'd be god doggone if my heart um machine didn't detect my heart stopping so when it does that when your heart like skips a beat or has some irregular irrational stupid beat and you can I can feel it I still have them to this day but um, I could feel it and it, my machine is almost like a, a, a warning. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. It was like, it was like an intercom and it, it's like, basically it yells, you know, you have like, like 30 seconds to silence it before it shocked you basically. And it was so loud in the social security office and it like echoed through the walls. And I was like looking around and I'm like, oh my God, I'm trying to shut it off. 
And people are looking at me. And in that moment, I went, I left out of there and I got in my um, my car. I had drove myself to Social Security, knowing I wasn't supposed to. But at the time, I had no choice because, you know, he was off handling his own business, like I said, running his own business. And I sat in the car and I cried. And I was like, God, is this is what my is is this what my life is going to be like? Is this the quality of life? And it actually wasn't that bad. I mean, I wasn't in a wheel wheelchair. I wasn't, you know, I could have a way worse situation going on. But at that time, I felt like I'm going to have to be like this forever. Like, how am I going to cope with this? And I remember just crying, crying. I couldn't even get out the parking lot. And I said, you know, if I come out of this, and I know you hear that a lot from people when they're going through stuff where you promise God this whole, oh, you're going to be this perfect person. But I said, you know, once I got out of this and I got better, I will no longer go back to this. You don't have to kill me. I'm just going to die. And that was my whole train of thought. So once I got over, I'm not even going to say over because I'm not completely over heart disease. But once I got better, you know, my medicine trickled down. I went from taking seven different medicines to I went to four to three. And then it was down to a diuretic and a, and a blood, low blood pressure medicine, you know. And I made up my mind that, you know, I was living in Tallahassee at the time. I'm like, this is not for me. This place, this this apartment that I'm living in. All of this, I want to be done. This is not healthy. I didn't have many friends in Tallahassee. I was being commuted all the way down to Tampa because that's where my cardiologist was. So when I told my cardiologist, hey, I'm going to move to Atlanta, she thought I was crazy. She was like, why would you up and pick yourself up in the condition that you are with all of your kids and move to Atlanta? It makes no sense. Like you're going to have to find a cardiologist there and I'm going to have to see if I can get somebody maybe recommend. She just thought I was crazy, but I was like, but I don't want to be where I am. And I always knew that I was going to move to Atlanta. Like that was my thing. I love Georgia. I love Florida. Don't get me wrong. I really, really do. I miss the beaches and everything like that. I miss the sunshine, but um, I always knew Atlanta was the place for me. So my first stop was Augusta and I moved to Augusta with my cousin, but I couldn't, I couldn't find a job. And I, I found one job and I think I had been there for like three weeks and I found a job and I was so excited and I got there and I was, I was processing, like I was working 401ks um, with different businesses and all that type of stuff, but I couldn't catch on because, which they did not know. Um, but mentally, you know, I was dragging. Now, mind you, I, let's rewind. Uh, I, I had been short of oxygen for a long time, including the time before I actually was admitted in the hospital. So a lot of my brain function and a lot of my memory and things that I normally would remember, I couldn't. And my brain function was a little slower. So when I got this position in Augusta and I was doing the 401ks and I was it was a lot of math involved, a lot of numbers. It was Excel sheets. It was just so much. But I was like, I'm going to take this on. But I mentally could not. And I went to lunch and the girl called me from the little staffing agency and told me that they don't want, they didn't want me to come back. 
And again, I find myself in the car crying my eyes out. And I'm just so sad. Like, I I just want to feel better. I want to be 100%. When am I ever going to get there? Now, I couldn't, I never could find work after that. And I went to a couple job fairs. I was just doing all I can. And bam, I got pneumonia. So I got pneumonia in the dead of summer. It's like July and I have pneumonia. And I remember trying to pick up my kids from school and my chest hurting so bad. And my, I scared my aunt because I, I she really wanted me to go to the emergency room. And, and, and mind you, I even now have like a terrible fear of, of hospitals just because of, of what I went through when I had to go to the hospital for my heart disease. Um, so she finally got me to go to the ER and they diagnosed me and I had pneumonia. So I'm like, if it's not one thing, it's another. Like, I just can't. I get fired. I get pneumonia. I can't find a job. I'm living with my cousins. I can never try to get get out of living with them. It just would not happen. This was, I was in Augusta. So I said, you know what? You know, I had been traveling back and forth to Atlanta to see um, my best friend. And so I was like, you know what? I always wanted to go to Atlanta. That's, that's the stop I wanted to be at. So the Augusta was supposed to help me get on my feet in Georgia itself, but it just did not work out. So again, you know, I moved, I moved to Atlanta and I was on my best friend's couch. Two weeks, I was on her couch. And then next thing you know, I was in an apartment. Then after that, my mom came because she knew I needed so much help. She came and bam, I had a job. Everything just started rolling. I was just, I was so excited and I was happy. And I was like, you know what? I'm glad that I had decided to pick my life up and move out of Florida and come to Georgia. Yeah, I had some doggone pitfalls and I, and I cried so much that summer. I cried and I cried and I cried, but I kept pushing. And I pushed myself all the way to a job, an apartment in Atlanta. And I did that in a matter of weeks. And I'm like, gosh, that's crazy. So I had been fighting all this time in Augusta, in, in, in Tallahassee. And I get to Atlanta and everything just unfolds for me. I got up and was getting my life back. I said I was not going to allow heart disease. I'm not going to allow, you know, a relationship. Even though I love the person that I was with, I still not even let him, because he was still in Tallahassee, you know, handling his business. And so me moving and taking all my kids to Atlanta was kind of like, yo, you, you know, how are we going to do this? And I'm like, man, I have to do what's going to make me happy and get me better. And it did. And it was one of the best decisions of my life. So I took a hold of Shonda. I took a I took a hold of my heart disease, and I'm like, I'm not gonna let none of this defeat me. You know, I don't care what no one says. I'm gonna do this, and I did it. I had so many mental breakdowns during that time of trying to fight through getting where I wanted to be. You know, trying to find a job, support my kids. I was poor. Like I was so poor. I didn't have much. You know. Of course, I was living off of the state. I was getting little food stamps and all that good stuff just to feed my kids and stuff. But I didn't have income coming in besides what, you know, my, my boyfriend at the time was giving me. So, and that was hard because he was sending, you know, what he could 
of course, being a woman, I'm like, you could have done more. And that was just from my side point of view. I don't know what he had going on, but it was very tough for me to actually depend on someone financially to wait on them to send me $100, wait on them to send me $75. Oh, I need money for gas. That was super tough. And I said, you know, I'm just not going. This is not the quality of life that I want for myself, nor my kids. I can't live like that. I have to get out on my own. And I did. You know, I, I'm not going to say that I've been, I was perfect. You know, um, it, 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 it was tough. It was super tough. But I kept going and I kept pushing. And that's why I say, you know, gratitude. I'm so happy that I went through what I went through. I'm glad I went through that relationship. I'm happy I went through heart disease because it opened up my eyes to a whole different thought process. You know, I basically died and they had to resuscitate me back. They had to bring me back to life. And on my, on my deathbed, in ICU, I promised myself that I want I won't take my life lightly anymore. Like this is life is serious. I always say, you know, I joke about this, and I'm like, we're just a candle, like a lit candle, and you could come in and they could just blow your light out, and yes, it that's it. And I just think about like if I would have died on that bed in that room, in that ICU room. It's a lot of stuff that would have died with me that I did not accomplish. And when I was let out and I was going going back and forth to those doctor's appointments, I said, I'm no longer going to stress over. And my doctor would always tell me, you can't stress. You can't put stress on your heart. But that's just so much easier than said. But I took a stance like, I'm no longer going to stress over stuff I can't control. Now, again, I'm not perfect. I'm human. So, of course, I stress. Of course, I worry. But I always tell myself, is, is this something I can control or is this something I can't control? If it's something I control, well, let me see what else I can do about it to try to change that outcome or or whatever it may be. But if it's something that I, that's out of my control... I try not to, 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 to dwell on it as much as I would have in the past. And I'm taking accountability for my actions. This is huge. Accountability for your actions is huge. I have to think like about the actions that I, I've, or the decisions that I've made and how I got there, how I got there. Is it something that I caused? Can I be mad with that person if it's something I caused? Like, I have to sit there and ask myself that sometimes. Shonda, you, you had a lot to do with that. So who can you be mad at, really? You lost this. Now you got to, you know, reprint it or get another one and you're all upset and you're blah, blah, blah. Who can you be mad at? Instead, try to figure out a way to solve it and get over it. So that's like my whole mindset. Gratitude, having gratitude, accountability. Like I'm trying to save my own soul here. Like 
And I don't mean that in a way of I'm trying to save myself from hell, but I'm just trying to save myself in a way that I can be of service to someone else and I not be a hindrance. Like I talked about on the other websites, I mean, not other websites, the other episodes about vibration. You know, we're just, we're a, a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of, bunch of, bunch of energy, right? So whatever we vibrate towards, you know, our thoughts, our actions, all of that stuff. Sorry if you hear the planes in the background. Um, but whatever we're thinking and, and we're putting action towards, that's, that's energy. Whatever our feelings, our thoughts, all of that is energy. So, you know, we may say, oh, you know, I want to have this big house. I can envision the house. I can, I, I, I want this nice car. But if your actions, your true thoughts, your feelings are not vibrating with that item or that, that vision, you're not going to draw yourself to it. Like, you want to draw yourself to that thing that you want. So, and you know, and that, that's big on a law of attraction, which I know a lot of my listeners, I'm pretty sure a lot of my listeners know about. So, I really don't have much else to talk about. I, I really wanted to get that off my chest, um, keep it kind of short and simple. Because I know my last episode was like an hour or something on. I don't want to bore you guys. But the biggest thing that I've been working on lately and that I also want you guys to work on is being more, having more gratitude for things in your life. The air that you breathe. I was listening to Oprah real quick. And she said, write down 50 things that you're thankful for. And I'm like, dog, 50 is a lot. Like, can I write down 50? Do I? And I was like, you know what? Start with the simple things. Because we tend to forget the simple things, right? My son was watching um, different things that people live with. He was, and one of the little girls was living with her, her heart on the outside. So he was like, thank goodness that I wasn't born like that. I said, yes, that's something to be thankful for. So if you guys can write down 50 things that you're thankful for, and I thought to myself, yep, so I'm thankful that I have all my arms. I have I have both or all my arms. <laughs> I have both my arms, you know, my legs, all 10 of my toes. I'm happy my kids are normal and healthy and happy. I'm happy I'm breathing. I'm happy I'm able, able to talk to you right now. So write down 50 things that you're thankful for. Remind yourself of those things every single day. Have more gratitude for the simple things in life. And vibrate and think and put action towards the things that you that you that you want to acquire in life. I you know, I would I listen to Oprah a lot uh, at work and you know, she was saying that you're not really going to get the things that you want. Like, that's not, that's not something that is, it, it, she explained it in a way of, I guess, if, 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 it, if it makes sense. But you have to find the thing that you were put on earth here to do. 
Like, you know, we want a lot of things, but what have you been placed? What gift have you been given that God has placed into you and put you on earth to do? Find out what that is. I love you guys. Enjoy your weekend. Remember gratitude, accountability, higher vibrations. We're a big ball of energy and we're going to put out what we want back. Thank you. Remember to share, like, rate the podcast, email me, DM me, let me know what you want to talk about. I will go live. We can take questions. You can talk to me, whatever. I'm down for whatever. Enjoy your weekend again. Thanks for joining me. Peace. Thank mm-hmm. you.